This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. The podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Here's your host, Brandon Bourgeois. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Team Stripes podcast. Uh, We have a very cool guest on the show this week who has a pretty unique background. He is a a member of the ODP in the U.S. I joined the program in 2012 when he was just 16. Um, He's also a former player who played a year in the North American Hockey League, and he's got some pretty cool highlights. He's worked uh, junior NCAA, uh, both D1 and D3, and he also has on his uh, resume the uh, 2018 NWHL All-Star appearance. So pretty unique background, and he's going to tell us a ton about it. But uh, for right now, we want to welcome onto the show Mr. Jordan Crable. Jordan, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Jordan, we were talking a little bit before the show that you are working a tournament this week, and tell uh, tell the folks at home where you, where you're at. Yeah, uh, on the road uh, every other weekend, but this weekend it's in uh, Northern Massachusetts uh, for the Islander Showcase. It's a junior tournament up here um, with all their divisions, so uh, it's a pretty busy weekend. Right now is one of the times that we have uh, time to relax. So, yeah, back at it. And then nothing wrong with that at all. And just for the listeners at home again, like, so tell us a little bit about your story. What's, what's, what's your background? How'd you get involved with officiating? Yeah, absolutely. I started, uh, back in 2008 in, uh, Minnesota. Uh, it's when I was playing, you know, I was 13 when I first started repping, uh, a bunch of friends of mine who were on my hockey team, uh, were getting into repping. So naturally I just joined them to see kind of what it was about. You know, everyone else was doing it and, so I got involved, you know, like I said, back in 2008, and uh, I started doing youth hockey for the Andover Youth Hockey Association uh, in Minnesota. And back then, I got paid uh, ten dollars and fifty cents to do uh, a mic game, and uh, you know, I do a couple games here and there. And uh, I did that for four years back then. And uh, I think the primary uh, reason for that is because I didn't know how to move up. I didn't know who to reach out to. You know, and so I did that uh, for four years, and then uh, I joined the, uh, like you said, I joined the officiating development program in 2012 when I was 16, so I'd go to high school, and then uh, usually, you know, Friday comes around, I leave school early to go to a junior game or, uh, you know, an ACHA game or whatever have you, and then uh, I did that for two years while I was in high school, and then after I graduated high school, I uh, got into uh, NCAA Division Three for the Mayak and Wyak in the Midwest there, and uh, worked with Ed Zapita back in Minnesota, and uh, and then that same year I was doing uh, juniors for the USPHL Midwest, and uh, then came time uh, 2016 rolled around after doing college for a year, and I uh, decided to move out to Boston, Massachusetts, you know, for Eugene Benda and to primarily work for him and develop as a referee. And, uh, you know, I worked various leagues throughout uh, what he assigns, and uh, I knew that that would be a big role in uh, developing in what I wanted to do. And then, uh, so I did one year in Boston and then uh, decided to move back to Minnesota for a year and spend time with family before moving out here long-term. 
And, uh, you know, after that year came around, I was fortunate enough to work the, the 2018 NWHL all-star game in St. Paul, which was obviously a blast and, uh, something I'll forever look back on. And, uh, then after, after the, uh, season ended there, uh, moved back to, uh, the East coast this time I moved to Rhode Island, uh, with the girlfriend and, um, you know, that's where I currently work. And so right now I'm working junior college hockey for division one, division three, and, uh, some professional hockey, you know, such as the federal hockey league. And, uh, so my, my role right now is to just develop, but I also work as far as developing and, um, uh, recruiting, I guess you could say for the Massachusetts officiating staff. And that's, um, that had to go back to, you know, when I first started, you know, in 2008, there wasn't a lot of outreach. I didn't know how to progress. And so I'm trying to give back and trying to reach out to those newer officials who just need some help or need, uh, you know, a path. And so, um, I'm always looking to, you know, give back and share my story and, uh, you know, going from there. And jumping on that, you talk about your story and how you, you know, you weren't really sure how to move up or how to re- maybe reach out to, to, to get to those next levels. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of officials out there, whether it's Canada, U.S. or, or wherever, that are in similar situations. So I guess, based on your story, I mean, what advice would you give to those those officials that were in similar situations to you that are looking to move up to looking to get to that next level? I mean, what sort of advice or, or what tips would you give them to get to that next level? Oh, I would definitely say, you know, in, in being in the Midwest and the East Coast, I know Minnesota, there's district hockey, and you reach out to, you know, the district referee-in-chief, whoever schedules your district. Um, you know, there's the Minnesota uh, hockey.com, I believe it is what it is, but you reach out to them, and I think that's step one. You know, and obviously the East Coast, uh, you know, the big name out here is Eugene Binda and, uh, you know, amongst other names, but don't be afraid to reach out, you know, send an email, get a phone call going. Um, and that's kind of what got me going is, you know, back in Minnesota, I reached out to a gentleman by the name of Dean Brandt, uh, in Minnesota. And he's kind of what got me involved with, um, uh, hockey out there. And he's ultimately who got me into the officiating development program in 2012. And so, you know, officials out there, don't be afraid to, you know, make that phone call. Cause you know, there's a lot of people out here that will, uh, be willing to help you out and guide you in the right direction. And jumping into that, I mean, for those that are that are listening to you that say, "Oh, I can send an email or a phone call." I mean, what should what should the the content, I guess, of those messages be? Like, what are you saying to the the folks? Are you, are you saying, "I just I love officiating. I want to move up," or what? What sort of what 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 sort of uh, uh, I guess tips would you give them in that sense of what to tell these these recruiters or these referees in chief? You know, I think. You know, everyone's going to be in a different situation, you know, whatever have them, but uh, just kind of share your bio, you know, what, where you come from, if you played, you know, what's your intentions, where you want to go, you know, kind of give some feedback and some goals to uh, whoever you're sending that email to or whoever you're talking to over the phone. And uh, that way they have some feedback and they can know, you know, where you want to go and get you there, you know, because when I, when I got started with Dean Brandt, you know, my, my message to him was an email, you know, from what I remember. And, he gave me a phone call and uh, basically got me into uh, a youth hockey association, the traveling association, no longer the mice. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was kind of my feedback to him is, you know, I wanted to get uh, into some, some traveling hockey and, 
that's, you know, where he put me. So whatever you want to go or wherever you want to, wherever you want to go or whatever you want to do, uh, just share that feedback. And then that way they have some context to, uh, where you want to go. And I was telling you before the show that we had a, a few individuals reach out that knew you were coming on the program and they, they had some questions for us. And some of them were, let's say serious questions. Some of them were more on the uh, ridiculous side, but on the more serious side, I guess, uh, one of our, our listeners wanted us to ask you, because obviously, like you said, you were doing mites, I think you said, for four years when you first started officiating. And I'm just curious, like, in those first four years, what really made it made you stick it through? And what how did you deal with maybe some of the the, the difficulties or the, the obstacles you faced, whether it was abuse or, you know, coaches or, like, just give us some insight into, into the key lessons for you, I guess, in those first four years. Yeah, absolutely. Um... So when I was doing the mites, you know, back in Minnesota, when I started, um, there was not so much, uh, controversy, you know, not too difficult, but I definitely had my, my obstacles from time to time. And, uh, I think one thing that I, that really helped me get through those first four years was, uh, just being comfortable being, you know, human understanding, you're going to make those mistakes, uh, you know, I'd go and talk to a coach always with, uh, you know, a positive outlook. Hopefully I can calm him down if he's upset or whatever have you. But um, just being um, understanding of the game and understanding that, you know, you're going to make a mistake from time to time and just, uh, you know, own up to it to a certain extent. And, uh, you know, don't take it too personal. You know, it's a game. And at the end of the day, we're all going home and, you know, it's going to be another hockey game the next day. And, you know, when you get that call, I mean, firstly, to get to go to the ODP and, and you get sort of this really this high level exposure. I mean, what was going through your head? Was it something you, you'd work for that you were hoping to get? I mean, talk us through sort of that process. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I actually didn't work any uh, high level hockey before getting into the program. I was fortunate enough to get in when I did when I was 16. But um it all started back in Minnesota. I sent an email to uh, Chris Allman, you know, in the program. And uh, back then it was a tryout uh, to get into the program. So I uh, attended their open tryout at um, a rink in St. Paul, Minnesota. And uh, shortly after that weekend in St. Paul, I got an email, you know, accepting uh, me into the program. And uh, so I didn't know what to expect, you know, never working a junior hockey game before that. And, uh, you know, as I started working games for the program, I kind of realized that, wow, this is a big step. And, you know, it's time to really dig into the rule book and really commit myself to officiating. And um, since then, it's kind of just spiraled. But I'm very fortunate enough to have worked with a lot of good officials who I can feed off of and understand their experience. And the on ice experience working with these great officials, I think, is what really promotes you to uh, get to that next level. And, uh, like I said, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of officials along the way. And I think there's a lot of folks, obviously the, the USDP, uh, is obviously American, which is obviously a dumb question on my part, but like for those that, that are, that are interested in the, o, the, the, uh, the ODP, um, or, or want to, to, to see if it's for them. I mean, what, like, what were some of the things that you took away from working that program? Like, what were some of the skill sets that you were able to, to I guess, uh, learn from, 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 from that? I think uh, the, the biggest thing that comes to mind right now is game management. You know, they'll, obviously they're going to talk to you about what kind of calls you made and 
what you saw, what your perspective uh, was on certain plays when you're being evaluated in games. But um, at the end of the day, you know, you're going to be managing that game, whether it's going to be for safety wise, fairness wise, or whatever have you. But that's the biggest thing I took out of it. You know, there are many games that I was uh, supervised and, uh, you know, they had asked me a bunch of questions, whether it was on a call or an offsides or whatever have you. But, uh, you know, when the conversation comes to an end, it's, you know, you got to manage that game. And uh, that's kind of what really helps me get to where I am right now. And I was, as I mentioned, we had some questions coming for you because people knew you were coming on the show. And one thing that they, they, they pointed out that you have a very good, or you're very good at, I guess, is with communication, with communication skills. And for you, I mean, in, in the leagues that you work in, obviously you work a, a whole breadth of, of leagues, whether it's NCAA, junior, or the Federal Hockey League. But, like, what, how, how did you become a good communicator? Was it something you, you sort of are naturally gifted with? Or how did you sort of improve those communication skills as you, as you went along? <laughs> I was actually one of the worst communicators when I first started. I can say that firsthand. Um, but, you know, working with a lot of good officials, I think it started uh, when I started getting into college in the Midwest there. And uh, I uh, just realized that, you know, there's a lot of officials out there who have been doing it for a while that I fed off of that, you know, they're going to have that open dialogue with coaches, players, you know. And, uh, you know, if the player comes up to you and says something along the lines of, hey, what would you see there? You know, you don't have to, you know, go right into defense mode. You can share what you saw. And, you know, maybe he opens your eyes to something that, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm going to I'm going to keep an eye out for that or I'm going to look for that, you know, next time. But, uh, you know, I've you know, when I first started, like I said, I wasn't good in communication, but um, seeing the firsthand uh, results of having good communication, you know, whether it's between the players or the coaches, it really relaxes the game. It relaxes the coaches. You know, they know that, you know, we're not out there to uh, fool them. We're here to, uh, you know, keep that dialogue open. And uh, that's kind of what, what started uh, my communication, I guess, improvements, you could say. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned something interesting where you talk about sort of, I guess, ingraining some trust into the coaches that, that you're going to be there and that sort of, you know, helps to settle, settle them down. I mean, could you talk about maybe the importance of building? I think a lot of time we talk about rapport, but in the sense, like, can you talk about maybe the skill set of building trust among coaches and players? I mean, what does that take to really, to really build that trust factor where they're going to, they're going to know you're going to be there to do the, to do, you know, whether it's making the right call or to, to protect the players. I mean, can you talk about, maybe just your overall approach in building trust among uh, coaches, players, uh, and just folks in the game. Yeah, they, um, you know, that's a good, um, good thing to have between the coaches, you know, whatever game you're doing is to have that trust. You know, you go up to a coach, whether it's, you know, to call a major on one of his players or whether it's to say, Hey, I missed something, you know, both of those, you know, establish trust. You know, I've had multiple situations where I go up to a coach and I say, Hey, you know, I, that didn't look good. I didn't see it. I missed it. You know, I'm sorry. I'll keep my eye out for it. Something along those lines. Obviously you don't want to run into that situation too many times, but, uh, on certain situations where, you know, you miss something, you know, I was always taught, you know, to own up to it, tell them, Hey, you know, I'm sorry. I missed it. I'll keep an eye out for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that, you know, however you decide to build that trust, whether it's owning up to mistakes that you've made or whether it's to, let him know that, you know, hey, I've got to call this major on your guy. I know if the cards are flipped, you'd want the same thing. 
and uh, both of those will establish trust. And obviously, there's you know other options to establish that trust with coaches and players. But in the end, uh, throughout the game, you know, a player's going to come up to you, and if he's got um, an understanding that you know we're human and that there's trust between the two, um, it's going to go a lot easier if uh, you know they don't trust you. And I think that's, uh, you mentioned something kind of interesting where you talk about, you know, needing to approach a coach if their player's got a major penalty. And I think as officials, we've all been in those types of situations where you, you can't get out of it. You have to have a, those tough conversations. I mean, what sort of tips would you have in approaching those conversations? I mean, obviously, uh, we, as we mentioned, you, you have good communication skills, but like, what, how does that conversation go? How do you approach that? Is there anything that you've kind of picked up to really help uh, that, that conversation go along? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're going into that conversation and nine times out of ten that coach isn't going to be happy and you're going to expect that. You know, so you're going into the fire and you've got to expect fire coming back. So um, going into that conversation, you're going to have to understand that you're going to get some backlash to a certain extent, you know, on most cases. And uh, just calming them down, you know, telling them, you know, talking them through the situation. And every situation is going to be different depending on what you have to call. But just telling them why you have to call that, you know, making that conversation short, sweet, but at the same time, you got to establish that trust. So, you know, like you said, if you're going to call a major on one of his players, going up to him, telling him, you know, Hey, I know you're not going to be happy about this uh, to a certain extent, but you know, you know, I have to call that. And, uh, it was obviously you work a ton of leagues and uh, I mean, I'm surprised you have the time to work as much hockey as you do, uh, considering your resume, but, We've had NCAA officials, we've had junior officials come on the show, but I don't know if we've ever had an, a federal hockey league official. Could you give some folks some insight into how that league operates and just sort of a sense of the hockey in, in that league? Yeah, it, uh, so I started working the Federal Hockey League uh, two years ago when I first moved out to Boston and uh, worked uh, a handful of games that first year. And, uh, the hockey is, uh, I guess you could say, um, you know, they're trying to establish their role, not only in, uh, that league for their team, but also to try to advance because there's obviously other leagues that they would like to get into, but, uh, it's, it's definitely an eye opener. Every game is going to be different. I can tell you that there's a lot of rules out there that we've had to look up and kind of have uh, shop talk on but uh, you see a lot of stuff in that league. And it's very, it's very good in the sense that it will open your eyes to a lot of things that you usually don't see at the lower levels, including juniors. Um, and so, you know, there's many stories out there in that league that I've had that um, we didn't know rules existed. We didn't know that there were certain situations that would ever arise. And sure enough, they did. And um, that's, I think that's really good for the development process. And just this kind of jumping jumping topics a, a little bit here, but we talked about, you know, you, if you work a league, you can kind of get, I guess, gain better experience, whether it's, you know, seeing odd situations or having the proverbial proverbial uh, crap hitting the fan. Uh, I know a big topic of discussion that for officials nowadays is, is kind of the prominence or the how, how, I guess, big of a role like former players are having in, in reaching the professional ranks. And Something that we always hear is, you know, they, they don't have maybe the years of experience to be able to, to see these things that are happening, to, to have those Donnybrook games or these games where, where you know, stuff's going to happen or even working the younger Mike games and really going through the process. And I'm just curious, from, from your perspective, you kind of have a bit of both where you 
reached a high level of playing, but you've also sort of gone through the whole system and you've seen you've seen tons of different leagues. I'm just I'm just curious if you could touch on maybe that issue and and maybe the value that that having this these years of experience plays into being a good official. You know, obviously, you know, playing I never played um at an extremely high level, but I was fortunate enough to play in the North American and I think that the um you know, the playing role will easily transition into, you know, being a referee. And that's why I feel personally that there are a lot of former professional players who decide to, you know, obviously play pro or if they're going into the National Hockey League after playing. Um, you know, players know what to look for to a certain extent. Um, they know, you know, they know, like, if, if my player is going to get, you know, abused, you know, I'm going to go take care of it. And, you know, that will easily translate into a ref, you know, like, Hey, I played, I can see this guy just laid this huge check, uh, you know, on this, in this player. And, uh, now he's got a target out for him, you know, he's got a bounty on his head. So stuff like that is going to be things that translate into the officiating side. You know, you're going to know what to look for. You're going to understand the game. Mm -hmm. You're going to easily understand the flow of the game. If, you know, you know, like I said, or like I was told uh, in the Midwest, you know, if you can hear the crowd getting louder, the hits getting harder, and guys starting to run, you can tell that the momentum in the game is starting to shift, uh, possibly for the worst. And so I think if you've played a high level of hockey, even if you didn't play a high level of hockey, you know, you have that, that hockey sense that some people uh, don't have that have not played. And that, that's that's a really good perspective, and I think it's it's something that's valuable because, like I said, you have sort of you've gone through through the whole system. You've been official for 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 quite a few years here, and as uh, in addition, you've also been that had that playing experience. So I think that's 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 really good insight, uh, Jordan. And I I think that that's that's awesome. And just kind of looking more at your background and you, and sort of where you'd like to go in your officiating career. I mean, for you, sort of what are the what are the big goals for you? Like, what are the challenges for this season? Is there is there certain leagues or is there certain I guess, accomplishments you're looking to achieve personally? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, everyone's got their goals. And mine personally are just to develop, you know, in the college ranks and become more well-rounded official on and off the ice um, and kind of just take it from there. I know there's going to be um, a lot of different options, hopefully, that present themselves to me. But um, as far as getting into diff different leagues, you know, I've I've got a couple out there that uh, I guess you can keep kind of private, but... Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it all starts with just becoming well-rounded official. You know, like I said, on and off the ice. And I'd like to emphasize off the ice. That's huge. Um, it, uh, you know, I think once you get well-rounded, um, you know, certain opportunities will present themselves to you. And uh, you just got to capitalize and take the most uh, out of it. And before we let you go, because uh, I know you're working in a tournament and you have some games to get to there. But I'm just curious, like, and I think we've talked a little bit about it, and I think you have a sort of this unique perspective where you can offer some some advice to those officials that are going to be working, you know, the mites or the, or the younger kids for, for, for several years before they get the opportunity to start working higher levels of hockey. And I'm just curious if you can maybe provide some unique advice to those guys and girls in terms of, you know, maybe not getting frustrated or maybe learning and, 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 you know, and maybe sort of, uh, learning how to, 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 to develop themselves a little bit and, you know, sort of improving every game. I'm just yeah curious if you could provide some unique, uh, advice to those types of officials, uh, uh, in terms of keeping their sanity, let's say working those younger levels. 
Yeah, it's uh, it can definitely be frustrating when you're first starting out and you're kind of uh, on an island if no one's reaching out to you or if you can't have no one to reach out to. But, uh, you know, the persistence and the dedication, I think, is going to go far in the end. If You know, you go work a game and it's, it's so frustrating that at the end of the day, when you go home, you're still thinking about it. You know, don't, you know, don't beat yourself up on it. You know, you're going to go home and you got to leave it at the rink to a certain extent. But I think just being able to reach out to officials and evaluators and schedulers is going to go far. If, if you have questions, don't feel like you have to bottle those questions in. Um, you know, for me, when I first started, I, uh, would watch videos and I would, uh, I'd be one of those guys where, you know, I'd be watching a hockey game and my girlfriend still gets at me on that or gets on me about that. Uh, I'll be watching an NHL game and, uh, I'm not watching the players. I'm watching the refs, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, just being comfortable. I think that's going to go far. You know, if you're, if you're on the ice and you don't look comfortable, I think obviously us officials will notice that, but on top of that, the coaches are going to notice that and they're going to take full advantage of that when you get to the higher levels. If you don't look comfortable, if you don't look uh, confident in your calls or anything, you know, it's going to be noticed and they're going to take advantage of that. And, uh, my first, one of the stories I have about this is my first junior game as a referee was in uh, Ironwood, Michigan. And, uh, it was a full on bench brawl. It, um, we had, uh, I waved the goal off in overtime and, uh, the same team went down with about four seconds left and, uh, scored. And then, uh, the, uh, player who scored ended up, uh, deciding to tell the bench that they're number one and, uh, the bench unloaded so quick. I don't even think I had time to blow my whistle before the first punch was thrown, but, uh, you know, situations like that are going to arise and you just have to expect it. You have to expect that going into a game, it can get bad or it can be super easy, but, uh, just being comfortable with whatever you have to call and, you know, whatever game you're, you're going to have to deal with is going to really help you because not every game is going to be super easy, you know, and that's something that you need to understand first and foremost. Um, but in the end of the day, you've got a huge pool of officials that, uh, you know, will help you along the way and you just have to use your resources yeah, and that that's awesome advice, and I you, you can tell it comes from a from a you know somebody who's been there, who's lived through it, and I think that's awesome for for those listeners out there that are listening to that and can can really grow from that, and that that's honestly awesome advice. And uh, last question before we let you go, because I know obviously you said you're taking on more of a, a mentoring role now and more of a development role, and I'm just curious, uh, in your perspective, like what what sort of approach are you taking to to development to mentoring these younger officials? I mean. Is there certain ways that you sort of approach, um, you know, helping these guys out or these guys and girls out? Like, is there certain techniques or strategies you try to use? Yeah, absolutely. You know, right now I work with the Massachusetts officiating staff, both in the classroom and on the ice. And um, when we're on the ice and I can see these newer officials come out and, you know, they're obviously a little uncomfortable first starting out, whether they're first year, second year, third years, even sometimes, but, um, they look, they look uncomfortable. They don't know, you know, what to do, but, and obviously you're not in the game at, uh, you know, these seminars, you're on the ice doing your on ice portion. But I think, uh, as far as, you know, the officiating, uh, role that I'm trying to take on is to just get officials comfortable with opening a rule book or with looking at videos or talking shop 
the more that we talk about certain situations, get these officials thinking is going to really help them. It, it would have helped me when I started. Um, I didn't have as many resources uh, when I started as there are now. But uh, I just want to reach out to as many officials as I can if they have questions, if they have any um, thing that they want uh, to be looked at, or if they want certain certain situations talked about. You know, we're here to do that. And as far as me working with the officiating staff, um, that's one thing that I wanted to you know help them out with is because when I like I said, you know, I started out um, and I didn't know where to go. You know, back in 2008, I worked my for four years just because I didn't know where to go. And nowadays, I want to reach out to as many officials as I can. And uh, I think officials starting out nowadays have so many resources. And I hope that, you know, they all take advantage of them. But um, that's, in summary, what I want what I want the new officials to understand is that you got to be comfortable, first and foremost, on and off the ice and uh, to uh, just reach out, you know. Reach out to whoever and whenever. And uh, Jordan, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your your breadth of experience and uh, and your knowledge with with the listeners. And uh, I uh, obviously, like you said, you're you're in the midst of a tournament, so we wish you well and uh, that uh, your games go well this weekend and obviously the rest of the season. We we think uh, you know you, obviously with your with your passion with your experience that uh, certainly we hope that you can. Uh, continue to grow and as uh, an official, you know, reach those higher levels for sure. And so we want to thank you again and uh, wish you the best of luck down the road. Awesome. Thanks for having me.